Pearl. Welcome to episode eight of the Building Classroom Community Podcast. This is the show where we talk about all aspects of building community among the learners in your classroom so that every student feels welcome, safe, empowered, and heard. This podcast is my passion project and my goal is to support classroom teachers with practical, actionable strategies in small chunks. Harry and Rosemary Wong, in their book, The First Days of School, say that effective teachers' first priority when class starts is to get the students to work. But helping students make that shift from what's happening outside the classroom to inside the classroom can be a little bit tricky. But not all students enter our classrooms ready to learn. Maybe they just got done playing on the playground and having fun with their friends, or maybe they're dealing with a conflict in their life or something's going on at home that's weighing heavy on their minds. So how we help students transition from outside the classroom to inside is super important. In this episode, I'm gonna share how I've used the first 10 minutes of class to help students shift into a learning mindset. And I've invited my colleague, Arlene Shelton, to share how she uses the first 10 minutes to build community with her students. As a middle school math teacher, I always used bell work to help students make the transition. The idea being when the bell rings, there's something for students to do. My bell work is always posted clearly for students to see as they enter the room. There's nothing for me to do at the front of the class, which frees me up to stand at the door and greet students as they enter. Then once the bell rings, I can attend to any paperwork that I need to do, including taking attendance. Meanwhile, students are busy shifting into a learning mindset, focusing on whatever the question is of the day. I try to keep the format of the bell work the same so that students don't have to worry about procedures and can just focus on the content. I always set a 10 minute timer. That way students have parameters within which they know they need to complete the assignment and they know when we'll be shifting into a class discussion to debrief about the bell work. Over the years I've shifted the type of bell work, I used to do spiral review. But then I realized that students need more time to transition into a learning mindset. So my bell work transformed into something that involved thinking, analyzing, and an opportunity for students to talk as they got themselves organized for the class period. I used things like, like estimation 180, where students would have to look at an object and estimate how many jelly beans a jar would hold or how tall somebody was. This allowed students to talk to their neighbors, which we know they love to do, but to think about math in a critical way and help them develop number sense at the same time. I also like to use which one doesn't belong with a math topic to help students kind of focus in on similarities and differences. As a science teacher, one of my favorite bell work activities was what do you notice, what do you wonder? Very simple, 
I would put an image up on the screen or I would post it in Canvas for them to look at. And then students would talk with their group and just add some ideas, what they notice and what they wonder about the image. This would often spark good conversation that would lead into the day's lesson. But regardless of the type of activity, I always made sure that there was an element of creativity involved and that there were no correct or wrong answers rather. I want students to feel comfortable taking risks, asking questions, exploring the ideas, and developing reasoning behind their responses. While students were working, I would circulate around the room, connecting with students individually and small groups, eavesdrop on their conversations, and support their thinking when necessary. But now let's shift gears, and I'm pleased to introduce to you my friend and colleague, Arlene Shelton. Happy Saturday and uh, welcome Arlen. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So Arlen, can you tell the, tell us a little bit about yourself and your path through teaching to your current role? Yes. So um, this is my 27th year in education. The first uh, four years have been with um, the county and I was a title one tutor. So I tutored students in the social service group home systems and um, juvenile probation. And then the last 23 years, I've been at Santa Ana Unified. I've been a classroom teacher. I taught elementary, middle school, high school, both um, comprehensive and educational options. I even taught a class with no walls and I got to travel with my students. Um, what else? Uh, I, I was an outreach consultant for a little bit as well. And now I'm currently what we call class, which is Certificated Learning and Achievement Specialist. And I know in your current role, you support a lot of new teachers. I do, yes. So um, I I support um, teachers in the classroom. I started a teacher classroom series on classroom management and student engagement. So I do some monthly professional learning on that. I'm also um, a team member of the GATE department and with our induction program. That's wonderful. So can you share some of the strategies that you use um, when you are in the classroom or that you promote with the teachers that you support, how they use the first 10 minutes of class to help students shift their mindset from whatever's happening outside the classroom to being ready to learn. So definitely the concept that comes to mind is connection before content. So if we can connect with our students, because every single day is so different for our students and for ourselves as, as teachers, and we really need to make that connection to see where each class is for that day so we know how to better proceed. Because we can have this beautiful lesson plan laid out, but if everyone's having a rough day, even including the teacher, it's not going to happen. So definitely connection before content. And one simple thing teachers can do is just stand by your door and greet the students. And, and I know a lot of teachers who do stand by their door, but 
intentionally stand by your door, meaning when each student walks in to look them in the eye, ask them, how are you? And truly just connect with them, not just let them pass by you, but have some sort of connection with them for the day. Oh, I totally agree with you, Arlen. One of my favorite things as a classroom teacher was to stand at the door and greet the students every day. I made a point of shaking their hands, saying hello to them, calling them by name, looking them in the eye, like you said, because it just forms that connection. It means a lot students. I really do think that it shows that we care. And obviously we do care, but I think it really solidifies for our students that my teacher, especially today, cares how I'm feeling today. And they really appreciate it. I think when you notice that they got a haircut or, or if they're looking sad, right? And we make that connection and, and let them know we care. But I know, you know, the pandemic's kind of changed things and that we're not always shaking hands so much anymore. But I saw you recently posted on Instagram, a teacher you're working with who has uh, kind of a fun greeting routine. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. So I'm working with a second grade teacher and every day she greets her students at the door. There's a poster by the door. And if I can remember correctly, it's like, you, you can shake hands, you can dance, you could dab, you could do all these different things. And then the, each child gets to pick one for the day. Some kids pick the same one each day, others change it up a bit. And then that's how they greet each other. So if the child wants to dance, then both the teacher and the child dances. And I was there recording it, but I must say the kids were just so excited because they did their little special dance or handshake with the teacher and they came in with the biggest smiles and what a wonderful way to start the day connecting with your teacher yeah I saw that I saw their smiles and how they were giggling and how some were kind of shy at first but they did it and then they the big smile just lit up their faces and they came in with just such a positive attitude and what you can't hear in the video because I actually put music over it they're the sweetest kids. I've actually been to that classroom before. And so when they walked in, they greeted me. They're like, hi, Miss Shelton. And I'm oh. like, oh. and then kids were like, hola. Like they were, they had little side conversations with me uh, as they were walking in. So, you know, just by greeting their teacher, they were coming in with big smiles and big energy and, and they saw me and they greeted me as well. And so it was wonderful. And that just sets such a positive tone for the whole class, doesn't it? For the whole day. Day, what a great way to start the day with something positive, especially if maybe your morning wasn't going so great. So, yeah, I agree. So, all right, kids are in the room. And what are some things you do during those first 10 minutes as students are sitting down and getting ready to, you know, transition into learning? So, when I was in the classroom, I would do a daily check in. And so, and it was quick and easy, it was digital, it was on the board. And students would get into their Google Classroom and check in what their their feeling was. So if they were a five, that meant like they are just having a great day, ready to learn. And then all the way down to a one where they're not having a great day. And it was no one could tell who did what, but the results came back and everyone could see. And it's important not just for the teacher to see, but fellow students. So if we saw that everyone was like at fours and fives that day, then I know as a teacher, I can move on to challenging things. Students know that their peers are, are doing well. But if they, if we saw several ones and twos and we didn't know who was, you know, having that, we just knew to be extra super kind for that day because we're so thankful that they were there that day, but we also need to make sure that we're being supportive. 
And, and it's so important, not just me as the teacher to see that, but for peers to see that as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what are some other things that you do in your classroom? Yes. So a lot of pairs share. So one thing we could do as teachers is when we pose a question, be it if it's just a connecting kind of question or even an academic related question is to give students time to think. I know some of us, it feels a little awkward to give that 30 seconds or even a minute to think, but everyone thinks and processes differently. So if we can do that, just briefly give them that time, quiet time to do that. And before we get the answers, because teachers were so good at like, ask this question, receive that answer. But if we just gave them time to think and then time for them to pair, meaning they turn to a partner and give the answer. This is helpful in the sense of it gives that person a chance to, to give their answer, see if they're right or wrong, and also to process things. It also helps with language because if you're a second language learner, um, like myself, sometimes we think in our home language and it takes us time to think in our home language and then process it and then think of it in English and then be able to say it in English. And so if we have time to kind of process it with a peer that might speak the same home language as us, that's helpful and then be able to say it back in English and then um, be able to state that, that helps as well. And then we as teachers can ask and pose um, the same question and randomly ask students. So I agree, giving students think time is huge. I'm a particular fan of an edge protocol called Thin Slides. Okay. Because in Thin Slides, students on a Google slide, they have to pick one image and one word about whatever the topic is. But it gives students that thought time, um, that processing time before they have to talk. And you're right, it gives students more confidence when they have something to talk about. So Thin Slides is super easy and super quick. Oh, that sounds great. I did it with volcanoes once and um, just it was it was instead of the KWL, which you can get a lot of it takes forever. Um, students shared one word about volcanoes and one student said Hawaii and he put a picture of, of uh, the map of Hawaii. And then when it was his turn to talk, he said, I've been to Hawaii and I went to see a volcano, you know, Kilauea erupting. And all the whole class was like, whoa, that's so cool. You know, I would never have known that student had traveled to Hawaii. Apparently his dad was on a fishing boat and they went to visit him. I mean, isn't that just like, who would have thought, right? Yes. Um, another student put something that was wrong. He said, all volcanoes are in Hawaii. But then that informed my lesson that I knew that was a misconception that we had to talk about. But you can learn so much about your students by giving those open-ended types of questions where they think, process, and then share. Yes, definitely. So what other things have you done? Like, do you use a bell work activity or? I have, when I taught elementary, I did um, do that. And it gives me time. If you give them something to kind of warm them up, it gives them time to, to warm up their brain. Because especially if it's either the first period of the day or just, you know, the very beginning of the day, students are not awake and um, they need some time to just kind of warm up to the thinking process. And that is always helpful. Um, some teachers that I've worked with um, do have a, a bell work for them to do. Another thing I did on our slides was having like 
either some sort of connection to music or kind of a would you rather. So giving them a choice, like, would you rather do this or would you rather do that? And it was interesting to see what their choices were. Or maybe it was a, what is your favorite genre of music? What is your kind of getting their brains thinking, but also connecting with them as humans and what they like? It's really interesting. Sometimes students are quite quiet in the classroom. So you don't really know other things about them. But when you start asking it as a warm up and like even just as what's your favorite candy? And when students say, oh, I don't like candy. And it's like, oh, OK. And then it just gets you to know them a little bit more and connecting or they play an instrument or if you can go anywhere in the world, where would you go and why? And it really gives you a different perspective of them. And and you do find out who has traveled and who hasn't or why they would travel to certain areas. Like some students like tropical areas more, some mm -hmm. like the colder, like snow. And it could be because they have been into like snow before or they've never been to snow and they would like to see it. So asking them questions to get their brain going, but also questions that will help you get to know them and build that connection with your class is so important for, for classroom culture. I know we talk a lot about SEL and I know some districts are buying SEL programs, you know, social emotional learning, but I think you're right, Arlen, just asking our students these questions, giving them time to think, and then giving every single student the opportunity to share is the best thing we can do to help our students feel connected in the classroom. And it's an invested time. A lot of teachers sometimes think it might be a waste of time like because there's mm -hmm. so much content. But if you don't build that positive classroom culture, especially in the beginning of the school year, the lessons that you plan for them later, you'll have challenges with them because they they don't want to talk to a partner because they don't know them very well or they don't want to share either in groups or whole class because they don't feel comfortable. But once you bring that comfort and that connection, not only from teacher to student, but from student to student, then the learning will just take off, you know, and they'll just just soar and and it'll go into deeper areas and deeper learning and deeper insights that you would have never gotten had you not built those connections early on. Oh, I absolutely agree with you that putting in the time at the front end, the beginning of the school year, and then throughout the year. So some teachers will spend the first couple of weeks building relationships and building community, but then they just move on to the content. You have to weave in these opportunities, like you're saying, so that students continue to feel connected. And, you know, we're building their uh, executive functioning skills as well, right? Yes. Because in the out in the world, they're going to have to talk to people they don't know. They're going to have to talk to, you know, people about a job. They're going to have to, you know, interact with all kinds of people on all different topics. So giving them a safe space to practice those skills in a situation where they really don't know they're practicing them, right? <laughs> and and um, Andrea, I really appreciate what you said, said about continuing it throughout the year because things change. Um, life situations change, home life situations might change. And so we need to continue to, to build and grow with our students and know what happens, especially with their younger kids. Uh, second semester is a big shift for a lot of them and they the maturity level changes as well. And so, and then for our older kids in high school, let's say a senior, 
you know, they're excited about their senior year first semester and their second semester, they might be a little bit more fearful because the real world is coming closer and they need support in a different way. And so just to continuing to continue that ongoing connection with them as a teacher. And like I said, as student to student, it's really important that a student walks in. And I, I would say this to, to my students that I never wanted you to walk in my class and say, oh, it's Miss Shelton's class. Like, I always want you to walk in feeling, yay, I'm in Miss Shelton's class, you know? And so, and my job is to create an environment where they feel like that. So, and I like what you said about, you know, even with the older students, because often, you know, we feel like, oh, the older, the older students, middle and high school, they're ready to learn. They already know how to talk to each other. They already know how to, how to interact, you know, in collaborative groups. So they already know how to talk to a partner. But the reality is many of them don't. And You're even right. if they do, we all need practice. I mean, even us preparing for this podcast, we did a little pre, a pre-work, right? We had a little conversation before so that we were both comfortable on Zoom because our normal interaction is in person, right? Yes. So we all need to, to practice and be more, you know, become more comfortable in a variety of contexts. It is, it so is, don't forget those no. older kids, right? Give them the opportunities, you know, so that then they can then focus on the learning, right? And every grade is different, you know, and then you think of the middle schoolers that are just going through a lot of hormones and a lot of different things. And, you know, they go from elementary, they're excited about everything. And then middle school happens and they feel embarrassed about every little thing. And so, and then they kind of mellow out a little bit in high school. And so, um, but yeah, those middle school years can be rough socially. And if they don't feel, you know, supported, not just with their teachers, but with their peers, they're not going to participate as in-depthly as they, they can or should. And it, it really is creating that environment in the classroom where students feel safe to share. Absolutely. You know, and especially, you know, in elementary school, the kids are, most students are together for their five or six years, you know, or seven years, depending on the school. But when they come to middle school or high school, there's so many more students that they've never seen before and yes. so many more connections that we need to help them build, right? Because at the end of the day, they're all kids. Yes. And they need support and that's our job. And so if we can do these little little maneuverings, right, by asking these, these SEL questions and these check-ins and giving them time, wait time and think time and you know, a consistent start of each class period, that'll just help them be more successful overall. And I think that's so important to be consistent. I I do a, a teacher session on, on the importance of a teacher being consistent, because can you imagine if you walked in a room and like, you just didn't know what type of person, like what type of teacher you'll have for that day. And, and that's a little nerve wracking. You just like, okay, is, is the teacher going to be nice today? Is teacher? So as teachers, we need to be consistent. And so we need to consistently be a calm, positive force for our students. It doesn't mean we don't discipline and it doesn't mean, you know, we don't correct or anything like that, but we want our students to know, Hey, no matter what, we're going to get through this together. I'm going to support you and you're going to support me. And we're going to work through this together. And just having that vibe and that feel is so important and that consistency, because a lot of our students, unfortunately, do not have that consistency at home at times. So for students to come in knowing 
no matter what happens today, if it's a challenging lesson or a challenging day or, you know, my teacher is there for me and will support me every step of the way. Absolutely. Absolutely agree with you. Um, I think it was, oh, I can't remember who said it, but students may not remember what you teach, but they will remember how you made them feel. Yes. And if each of us thinks back to our own favorite teachers growing up, the teachers we connected, my guess is you're probably not remembering the content, maybe the topic, but not the, the specific lessons, but you remember the way the teacher made you feel in that classroom. And yes. that's what we want to build for our students. So I remember, uh, so in 2020, during the pandemic, I actually had an opportunity to connect with my very first class of students. So I taught fourth and fifth grade. I was on an emergency credential. So I had just graduated from Long Beach State and um, got this job for the fall, super excited. And, and honestly didn't know what I was doing, <laughs> but I just tried my best. And I just knew I wanted to create a classroom environment where my students felt supported and thrived. And so, in tw and that was, you know, over 20 something years ago. So in 2020, I, through the power of social media, I connected with several of my fourth and fifth graders that are now like in their thirties and, you know, with their own families and own children and own careers. And um, we did a mini zoom reunion and it was so amazing. Uh, you know, they started popping in to the zoom and they're all adults now. So they obviously look older, but I could see their little, you know, fourth and fifth grade faces and um, I started crying and I remember one student, he said, you know, I knew you were going to cry, but I didn't think it was going to be the first 30 seconds. And, um, and then, you know, we were just open and honest. I said, Hey guys, I didn't even have my full credential. Then I was just like on an emergency credential. It was my first year teaching you all. I don't even know what I was you know, doing. And just the, the feedback from my students of just how they felt and, in the classroom and how much fun. And, and like you said, they don't really, like as students, we don't remember specifics sometimes, unless maybe it was a big project, but you don't really remember projects or lessons specifically, but you do remember the support and how you felt or how fun that class was or how just enjoyable that was. And so that's what my students were telling me. And it just, it made me so excited that after all these years, you know, they still wanted to hang out with me. And, you know, even being a new teacher, not knowing everything, I did my best to, to create that classroom environment. So as teachers, if we could really focus on the connection before content, I think, I think we'll be okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it doesn't matter if we're in our first year teaching or for me, my 40th. Yes. <laughs> Treat every year like it's your first, because with those group of students, it is their first year, it their is. first year with you, oh, and yeah. their only year with you. They don't get a do-over for fourth grade or fifth grade or, you know, middle school. So connection before content. Yes. That. Well, thank you, Arlen. I appreciate you joining me today. Is there yeah. anything else you want to, you'd like to close with? I think as educators, we are trying our best. Sometimes I, I think either society or just, you know, all the things we have to do 
might silently be telling us or maybe loudly telling us that we're not doing a good job. But I really do think as educators, if your heart's in it and you really try to connect with your students and you're doing your best to learn content and to learn different strategies and approaches and, and being open to grow and learn as an educator, I think you're doing a good job. So. I think so too. And I think maybe, you know, one thing we didn't touch on is, you know, we're talking about having students transition from outside the classroom to a state of learning. It's important for us as educators also to develop our own routines, how we can leave whatever's happening in our personal lives, you know, outside the classroom. We're not always going to, you know, come in with a, you know, super sunny disposition because everything's, you know, peachy at home. But if for our students, it's important that we too transition into a positive state of mind. So maybe that might be a good future episode. Talk about how teachers can, can help do that for themselves. Yes. So, well, thank you for joining me today in our conversation with Arlen Shelton. We appreciate her wise words and insights into building positive class culture among our learners. And just remember that teaching is a work in progress. It takes time, effort, and a lot of planning to create a classroom culture where every student feels welcome, successful, empowered, and heard. Thanks for watching. Or thanks for, <laughs> thanks for, thanks for joining us. Or thanks for listening. I don't know. What should I say? <laughs> um, thanks for being with us. Like, there you go. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for being with us.